We are in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6 today. And if you've been with us, you have noticed that there have been many attacks against the people of God, trying to get them to quit, trying to get them to come off the wall and stop building, stop defending their city, and doing the work that God called them to do. And now today, we find that, that in this chapter, in chapter 6, it seems like the enemies are attacking Nehemiah himself. Satan levels his sharpest assaults on spiritual leaders and try to cause them to fall. I'm sure you've seen spiritual leaders all across the country fall Sometimes through moral failures, sometimes through money distractions and pride and emotional burnout or just plain discouragement. And those spiritual leaders, like, like big trees in the woods, when they fall, they smash a lot of little trees underneath of them. So that's what the devil is trying to attack the leaders. And here in chapter 6, we see there, Nehemiah and his team of wall builders have, have overcome many obstacles. The Outside of the wall, enemies are getting a little desperate. So they try a new tactic. They're going to go after the guy in charge so the work will be halted. Let's pick up the stories. I read Nehemiah 6, verses 1 through 9. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So we sent messengers to them, saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Then Sanballat sent his servant to me, as before, the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, and it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, let us consult together. Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will be done, not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Father, we bow in your presence today, and as we look at these schemes that are against your servant, give us information and insight how we can recognize the devil's attempts to trick us and to hinder us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem and the other enemies heard that the wall was just about finished. The only thing left was to hang the doors. And then it would be. And they, they thought, everything we've tried has failed. Let's do something different. Let's attack Nehemiah. So we'll make it difficult for him so he'll just quit 
or will even uh, discredit his effectiveness as a leader or even take him out of the picture. I want you to notice the four schemes that Nehemiah had against him and perhaps apply them to our own life at the devil's schemes to try to trip us up. The first scheme was the scheme of compromising distractions. Notice the trickery of the enemy. Well, Sanballat and Geshem sent a letter and invited Nehemiah to meet with them in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. Now, the plain of Ono was named after the town by that name, and it was about 25 miles northwest of Jerusalem, which was actually near the Samaria border. And, of course, Sanballat was the governor of Samaria. They intended to get Nehemiah off of the wall so that they could entrap him, perhaps even kill him as he would be away from Jerusalem, away from the protection of the people of the city, and they'll have this kind of a a ruse of a meeting so that they could take him out. Well, they wanted to have this peace conference, but um, it was in the plain of Ono. I know that that's a a kind of a, a different translation, a different word, but we also have times in our life when we are on the plane of oh no. The plane of oh no is getting into dangerous territory where you could be trapped, you could be defeated. You need to be careful about this. And, and so Nehemiah was careful about this. I remember one time, uh, I don't know if you've ever got these offers from from uh, people saying, if you just come to listen to this presentation for a couple hours, then you get a free cruise to the Bahamas. Well, you know, actually my wife and I did that one time. We went there and we listened to the spiel and they were trying to sign you up for, oh, so much timeshares and everything else. And if you would sign up for this timeshare, you get the free cruise. And I read the directions and the information. It says no obligation to buy, but boy, they put the pressure on you. And they forgot to say, oh, even with this free cruise, you have to pay for a lot of incidentals and things like that. So we, uh, we didn't bite. We uh, just walked out of there with our, uh, our money still on our billfold. So thank the Lord for that. Do you ever have a, a dangerous thing? You think that everything is safe, but then you are on the plane of, oh, no, your dangerous territory. Sometimes young people think that, oh, it's all right, we can just touch and uh, do some physical touching without going a little bit further, and then you find yourself physically on that plane of, oh, no, we've gone too far. Sometimes people who like to do things on the weekend find themselves gone a lot of times on the Lord's Day, and their desire to do family things and be gone on Sundays actually turn into a plane of, oh, no, We are not giving the Lord the priority. Sometimes a little cheating, a little lying, a little dishonesty at work or stealing some things. You get yourself on that plane of, oh no, and you're going down the wrong direction. And notice that this this invitation, Nehemiah, come on down, come on, meet with us. It wasn't just a one and done type of thing. It was four times they said, come on, Nehemiah, come on, we need to meet with you. It's very important. 
And you, you are among other uh, leaders here. It's, it's something that goes to your head. And I found out that the devil doesn't just quit with a one and done temptation, does he? I mean, it, it comes to you, and it comes to you, and it comes to you. And Nehemiah, every time, every time, he said, no, 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 no. And you know, after you say no enough, the devil will leave you for a while. <laughs> and then you'll think up something else. But we've got to be consistent like that. The constant pressure, and he refused. Well, let's look at what he actually responded. Notice his response in verse uh, 3. So he sent messengers saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Will I leave it and go down to you? First of all, he would not fellowship with the enemies of God. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 6 says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. We need to be careful on who we choose as our closest companions and our best friends and our associates in business. Because a lot of times, if they don't have a heart for God, if they don't believe in God, if they just got their own, it will cause us compromise. It will compromise our own convictions. Nehemiah already determined that these guys, these were actually had no part in the work. They were not with God's people. So he wouldn't spend any time with them. The enemies were those who did not acknowledge God. And we have got to be constantly on the watch for hanging around people who will compromise our biblical principles and cause us to fall. You've got to be careful when you have uh, even uh, dating relationships and a potential mate that you choose someone who has a similar heart for God as you do because you think that you're going to be a missionary and convert them. <laughs> that doesn't happen most of the time. And God, and sometimes His grace, brings that other person to faith in Christ. But don't count on it. You Obey God's word. Nehemiah wouldn't, wouldn't have anything to do with those that didn't believe in the Lord. He also discerned their plot. He knew that they were up to no good. His spiritual radar went off. Beep, beep, beep. He was trying to, uh, he knew that they were not there to have a peace treaty. They were there to get him away from the work so that they could either capture him or even kill him. I wonder if we have that kind of discernment. We've got to be careful. I, I came across a verse this week that the Lord reminded me of, that Jesus told us that we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You ever remember that verse coming across you? What in the world does that mean? Wise as a serpent with discernment to know to know what's going on, to not be uh, having the wool pulled over your eyes, not be blind, but understand, have an innocent heart, have a, be as um, harmless as doves, but also be wise. And Nehemiah knew that they were up to no good. So he discerned their plot. And the third response, 
He said he was doing a great work. His wall building was not something that he could leave. It took all of his time and all of his attention. And he said it was a great work. I'm not going to be distracted from what I'm doing that God has called me to do, to come down and spend some time. This has got to be finished, and I need to keep my mind on the task. In the first half of the 20th century, there was a missionary in China who was doing a great job as a linguist and a diplomat in his work for the Lord His abilities were so outstanding that one of the American companies in China tried to hire him. They offered him an attractive job with a salary to match, but he turned them down. He told them that God had sent him to China as a missionary, and that was what he was going to do. He thought that that would end the matter. But instead, they came back with a better offer and an increase in salary. He turned that down But again, they came back, doubling the salary that they had originally been proposed. And finally, he said to them, it's not your salary that's too little. It's the job that's too small. I am doing a great work for the Lord. Have you ever considered your service for the Lord as what Nehemiah did? I'm doing a great work. Perhaps you're sitting in the nursery this morning taking care of my grandkids or something like that. You're doing a great work. Perhaps you have a Sunday school class with, with uh, a record attendance as three kids, you know. And you're there and you're teaching the same ones week after week. Who knows that these little ones will grow up to be the next pastor or the next great evangelist in this world. You're doing a great work. When you're sitting back there in the choir and you're singing these praises to the Lord, I was enjoying the choir this morning. They were, they were just, in, it seemed like they were happy doing it. They were singing as joyful to the Lord. You're doing a great work, whether it's cleaning the church or passing out bottles of water tonight at Mission 1031 or, or singing or teaching or whatever you do, you're doing a great work and God sees that. Don't come down from the wall. He was doing a great work, my friend. I am so glad for those that serve their Lord here. Well, that was the first scheme, compromising distractions. Come on down to the plain of Ono. Get away from that job that you're doing. And Nehemiah refused. He passed that. Second scheme, the scheme of outrageous slander. Now, look at verses 5 through 9. Now, this is, uh, he, he told them four times, no, I'm not coming down. The fifth time they came back. And this time they came back with, le- with letters to officials Now, look at verse 5. It says here, Then Sanballat sent his servant to me before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. An open letter. Now, most of the time when uh, officials would send letters, they would be rolled up and they would have a wax seal on it. And the only person that was authorized to open that was the one who received that letter. Well, Sanballat sent Nehemiah a letter, but it wasn't sealed. It was wide open, so anybody could read it. And he encouraged everybody to read this letter that Sanballat had composed, sending it to Nehemiah. And it was a letter of slander. Notice what it says here in verse 6. In it was written, It's reported 
among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the walls that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, let's talk about it. (laughs) You know what this is? This is just a slanderous, unsigned letter. This was slander. If this news had got back to the Persian king, Artaxerxes, there would be immediate reprisal, and that would be the end of the Jerusalem project. And of course, all of this is the plain lies. Notice it says, it is reported, that's hearsay. Geshem says it, trying to say, well, other people are saying, and this important person who is an official is saying this about you, Nehemiah, that you want to be king, and you want to rebel against Artaxerxes, and you have actually appointed prophets. And it was constant slander in this unsigned letters. It has been reported, and they say, have caused trouble in many local churches and other ministries. In every organization, there's gossip mongers hovering like vultures, just waiting for tidbits of slander that they can chew and swallow and then regurgitate. I, I have on occasion, not here, but in other places of ministry, had unsigned letters to me. Pastor, just for your information, there's a number of people that are saying this and that and the other thing. I just want to bring that to your attention. Signed, nobody. (laughs) You know, I got to the point where I had uh, one of these letters about every other week and I was just getting so fed up. And then I made a policy. If the letter's not signed, it's not going to be read. I'm not going to read unsigned letters. If you don't have enough courage to actually say who you are and you can address the problem, then this. Well, this is exactly what this letter was intended. This letter was intended to put fear in Nehemiah's heart and to cause the work to cease and also get unfavor from King Artaxerxes to stop the project. So they were going after the big man. They were trying to attack him with these. Well, how did... Nehemiah respond. Notice his bold response. The first thing he does in verse 8 is he denies the charges. Then I sent to him saying, no such things as you say are being done. But you invent them in your own heart. You're making this stuff up from just nothing. There's no truth in this at all. So he denies it firmly And then he prays for strength. Verse 9. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Help me not to quit, Lord. Help me to keep on going. The stuff is not true. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to rely upon you. There was one other thing that I, I think that Nehemiah is not written here. But you wonder that this is gone. This letter is not repeated here afterwards because I believe all of those people in Jerusalem that actually knew Nehemiah would have this opinion. Nehemiah lived in such a way that none of the mud would stick. Is that true about you? No matter what people say about you, they know who you are. 
They know your heart. They know your character. And they're not going to believe this stuff. There's no evidence in uh, Nehemiah's character. He had helped those people. He is uh, financially given to those people. And there was no truth in it at all. Well, there was a third scheme. Well, the first two he passed. But you know the devil doesn't quit. He continuously throws uh, attacks at us. The third scheme was a scheme of religious entrapment. Now, what's going on in verses 10 through 14? There is a, a false prophet in verse 10 whose name is Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahaltabal, who was a secret informer. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us close the doors of the temple. For they're coming to kill you. Indeed, at night, they will come to kill you. In other words, this guy by the name of Shemaiah was hired to have Nehemiah come to his house. And as he came to his house, this prophet, so-called prophet, said, The Lord has told me something, Nehemiah. The Lord has revealed it to me that they're going to come after us. I'm one of you. I'm a prophet. I'm a believer in the Lord. And we've got to do something. We've got to hide. Let's, uh, let's, they would never think to find us in the temple. We will actually go into the holy place and we can hide there and no one will find us until these assassins get uh, out of the picture. Of course, this was another scheme. It was a religious scheme. Come with me, and I'm a believer in the Lord, and God's told me this. You come with me. I want you to notice Nehemiah's discernment not to compromise. Look in verse 11, how he responds to Shemaiah. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I would go into the temple... To save his life. I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all. But that he pronounced this prophecy against me. Because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. You know what he had discerned. Nehemiah had discerned that um, this prophet was hired. And he rejected Shemaiah's proposal. Why? Because it was against the law of God. As a matter of fact, it was forbidden for a layman to go beyond the altar of burnt offering at the temple. The outsider who comes near should be put to death. When King Uzziah tried to invade the holy precincts, God smote him with leprosy. And Nehemiah knew that Shemaiah was a false prophet. Because the message he delivered, saying, God told me this, was against God's written word. And God never tells you something that doesn't jive with the word of God. And Nehemiah knew that. Folks, there's a lot of religious charlatans out there. You see them on the podcasts and the internet. You see them on their radio programs or television programs that are saying, God told me this. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and they make some kind of prophecy or some kind of statement. My friend, always do. Always be the Nehemiah. Just like the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Compared what the speaker says with the written word of God so Nehemiah could see through and discern comparing it with the Scriptures. 
Well, he's been successful so far. There's a fourth scheme afoot, and that's in verses 15 to 19. We'll call this the scheme of lingering infiltration. You know, the devil is not a quitter. I mean, you can resist him and resist him and resist him, and then he'll think of something else, and he'll come at you later, or he'll constantly, constantly be there in a lingering infiltration. Well, something great happened in verse 15, and this is the good news here. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. So there's victory in the middle of all this treachery. There is spiritual victory. And you've got to keep that in mind, too. Sometimes when you're in the battle, you wonder, is it, you know, is there any wins? Is there anything? No, no, it's, it's always, we're, as long as we're not home yet, we're going to fight. We've got to keep our armor on. We've got to realize and be aware and awake. We're in this battle. We're going to have some victories. We're going to have some losses. But we have a great victory in verse 15. But even though they, they finished the wall, the devil is not giving up. The enemies of Nehemiah are not quitting. Notice the lingering attacks of a determined enemy. It says in verse 18, for many in Judah, this is about Tobiah. That's one of those uh, enemies of Nehemiah. For many in Judah were pledged to him because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, And his son, Johanan, had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. And they also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. What is going on in verse 18 and 19? Well, Tobiah actually had relatives on the inside. And those relatives on the inside were constantly telling Nehemiah, Hey, Tobias, he's a good guy. I mean, he's family. He's all right. And he's constantly trying to infiltrate the people of God. What I see here is the devil never gives up. The enemies continue to wage war, even though they were now going underground. And the devil never gives up on us as followers of Christ. We should always be vigilant. We need to be awake and aware that the devil wants to do us harm. He uses the world, the flesh, and the devil, all kinds of temptations that he's done all through the centuries, and he's after you. And the more you stand for God, the more you live for him, the more you try to get close to the Lord in your devotional life, the more you try to witness, the more you try to raise a godly family, he's after you. You need to be awake. I remember when I was in college, I had a job at UPS, um, loading semis and, and things, and it was from 11 o'clock to 4 in the morning, 3 or 4 in the morning. And I remember one night, I usually got home and took about three hour, two or three hour nap uh, before I went to college. I had a 7 o'clock class the next day. So there was one night that I, I, I had a test to study for. So instead of going to sleep and ta- taking a little nap, I stayed awake all night. I stayed awake the rest of the night after 4, I got home and studied just put my pencil down, got in the car, went to class. And it was about eight miles from where I was living to the campus. And I was sleepy. I was sleepy. As a matter of fact, I fell asleep at the wheel. You ever done that? It's not scary until you hit something. 
I actually fell asleep and hit a parked van at 35 miles an hour. Boom. Before airbags. <laughs> actually, when I w- woke up, I did wake up. That usually happens when you, when, you, when you hit something. I woke up and I saw that my steering wheel was bent over. And there was no airbags. I believe that God put an angel as my airbag. Uh, there to keep me from harm. All I had out of that wreck was a fat lip. But I was asleep at the wheel. That's a dangerous thing for a Christian to be. Sometimes you don't realize how the devil wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy the harmony in the local assembly. He wants to cause you to fall into moral sin. He wants to cause you to fall in in financial sins. He wants to destroy everything about you to keep you from getting out the gospel, from keeping you from loving him and to serving him. And a lot of God's people are not aware of that and they go through life just asleep at the wheel. Oh, my friend, wake up. Nehemiah could have been asleep at the wheel. He could have said, oh, hey, important guys. Let's, uh, let's go down and have a meeting at the Plain of Ono. But he stayed away from that. And you and I need to be careful about compromising our own spiritual lives and stay away from those planes of Ono by staying away from the temptations. We also need to make sure that we realize that the work that God has called us to do is a great work. And not be distracted by any lures of, of something else, but stay true to our calling. And my friend, we need to do what the Bible says in First Peter. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Be awake and alert. Let's do that. Let's stand for God. Let's be awake. Father in heaven, I thank you very much for the examples you've given us in your servant, your prophet, Nehemiah. Who resisted firmly these temptations to leave the work. Thank you that he didn't go to that plane of compromise with the enemies. And thank you, Father, that he answered the slander and the gossip firmly with a pure life and a pure heart. God, I know that every one of us here at times are under the devil's gun. I pray you would give us courage to say no. And to keep on saying no, no matter how many times the devil comes our way with his temptations. Help us to be strong in the Lord as we serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our closing.